Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. It's the Xander's Facts Podcast. Hey y'all, what is going on? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. We are on episode 53 of the podcast here on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Thank you all for joining the Xander's Facts Podcast this week. We've got a huge podcast to talk about last week. It was really big because we had the one-year anniversary of Xander's Facts, if you didn't know. Congratulations. So you got to go listen to that. But this week, we've got big stuff to talk about. There's a big game happening on Sunday. You might know about it. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we've got college basketball. It's a sports-centric podcast, college basketball update as well, along with some football is what we're going to be talking about this week, episode 53 of the Xander's Facts podcast. Let's get right into it, because there is a big game happening this Sunday, which you might know about. It is the 56th edition of the Super Bowl. We are talking about it this week on the podcast, because it is this Sunday. Are you sure? We have made it to the end of the football season, and a lot of people were like, thank goodness, and some people were like, oh no! But either way, can't do anything about it, because this Sunday is the final game of football we have until august thanks goodness that's over unless you count the re-emergence of the usfl which is happening this spring which just no i don't want that i want good football and this is going to be good football it has been a year since the beginning of this podcast the first episode of this podcast which we celebrated last week we talked about last year's super bowl which was the chiefs and the bucks which did not turn out the way I thought it would, which, you know, but that was a year ago. We have made it an entire offseason, and now through an entire season, and we've made it to the final game. It is the big game, the 56th edition of the Super Bowl, which first occurred in 1967 between the Chiefs and the Packers, where 51 million people watched that game, and for Sunday's game, there's an expected audience of nearly 100 million people for this one. That was a fact. And at the first Super Bowl, which they called Super Bowl One, or it was the AFL-NFL World Championship because they still had merged yet, the average cost for a ticket to the game was $12, which today would be about $100. But this year, the lowest price you can get for a ticket. The cheapest ticket you can buy right now is $4,500. Get that dough! With the highest price going for north of $70,000. Yeah, that's ridiculous. If you say so. But like me, you're probably going to be watching the game on your television and your team probably isn't in the game. Which brings me to last week. Last week, we previewed the name change for the Washington football team. Because now, as I thought would happen, it is the Commanders. Ugh. Which is like, just, what, why? It's not a good name. It's terrible. You know what would have been a much better name? Red Wolves. That would have been cool. But Commanders is terrible. The jerseys that they have put out are horrendous. Their logo has like 50 words on it. You can't even see what it's saying. It's terrible. And then the regular W that they have looks like the logo for the waste management company, which you probably don't want to be associated with because that is a literal garbage company, even though I bet they're a nice company. But I don't like it. It's not good. So that's my take on that. But anyway, your team's probably not playing like Xander's team. But anyway, 
it's time to take a look at this year's big game. Everything you need to know is going to be right here on this podcast. Even if you haven't watched a snap of football all season long, you're going to know exactly what's going to happen because Xander's going to tell you. So let's preview this year's matchup with a look at the two teams who have made it this far. First up is the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC's representative in this game, who were the four seed. They went 10-7. and seven. They had notable wins this season, including against the Steelers in Week 12, 41-10. Against the Ravens, they beat those two teams who are in their division. Those were huge games, so they could lock up their division. And then they beat the Chiefs in Week 17, 34-31. They lost to the Bears, though, in Week 2. The Packers, the Jets, the Browns, the Chargers, 49ers, and the Browns. Those are the seven teams that they lost to. Well, six teams because they lost to the Browns twice. They also lost to the Jets and the Bears, who were two of the worst teams this season. So that was a little interesting. But in the playoffs to get here, they took on the Ravens in the wild card. They won 26-19 at home. That was their only home playoff game. Then in the divisional round, they went to Tennessee. They beat the Titans 19-16. And the AFC Championship, which just happened a few weeks ago, they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in Kansas City. 27 to 24 in overtime good to know which Xander did not think would happen but that's okay because the Bengals this season have been led by their quarterback Joe Shiesty Joe Burrow Joe Burrow who this season has a 70% completion percentage he's got 4611 passing yards this season which is sixth in the league and he has 34 touchdowns which is eighth in the NFL he's only in his second season in the league after he was drafted first overall by the Bengals in the 2020 draft, and his season last year was cut short because in November, he suffered a torn left ACL, a torn left MCL, and partial tears to his PCL and his meniscus, which ended his season. Of course, it happened at FedEx Field, which is also garbage. So there you go. And this season, Burrow has been surrounded by some of the top playmakers in the league, including rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase, who has 1,455 receiving yards, which is fourth in the league, and 13 receiving touchdowns. That is third in the league for any wide receiver. Not rookies. Those are overall ranks. And he's also got his running back, Joe Mixon, who has 1,205 rushing yards, which is third in the league, 13 rushing touchdowns, which is fourth in the league. He's got wide receiver T. Higgins, wide receiver Tyler Boyd, and his tight end, C.J. Uzama. The Bengals are stacked on offense, but not so much on defense. They've got a couple big names, but not as many as the Rams do, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But they do have their defensive end, Trey Hendrickson, who leads the team in sacks with 14, which is fifth in the league, and Forrest fumbles with three. That's tied for 13th in the league. They've got defensive end Sam Hubbard, who's got seven and a half sacks, and linebacker Logan Wilson, who leads the team with four interceptions. That is tied for 12th. That's a lot of numbers. In the league. So that's who they have on defense, but their notable injuries right now, these guys are listed as questionable for the game. Their tight end, CJ Uzama, wide receiver Stanley Morgan, guard Jackson Carmen on the offensive line, and defensive end Cam Sample. They're all listed as questionable, but they'll probably play. And the Bengals are making their third appearance in the big game. They last went in 1988. They also went in 1981. They have not won any of those games, though. They have not won any previous Super Bowls or NFL championships, so they're looking for their first ever Super Bowl 
win. That's cool. How about that? That is the Bengals. Let's go to the four seed in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams, who are representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. They went 12-5 and this season. They got a couple big wins against the Bucks in Week 3 and at the Cardinals in Week 14, but their five losses came to the Cardinals in Week 4, the Titans, the 49ers, who they lost to twice, and the Packers. So definitely not as many questionable losses as the Bengals had. But in the playoffs, the Rams rolled over the Cardinals in the wild card, 34-11 in the divisional round. They won at Tampa Bay. They beat the Buccaneers 30-27, Tom Brady's last game. Sorry, not sorry. And the NFC Championship game, they beat the 49ers 20-17 at home. And the Rams have been led by their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, who doesn't have as many nicknames as Joe Burrow, but he is in his first season with the Rams after spending the first 12 seasons of his career with the Detroit Lions. Stafford was acquired in a trade this offseason, which sent the Rams quarterback, Jared Goff, to Detroit. This season, Stafford has a 67% completion percentage, 4,886 passing yards, which is third in the league, and 41 touchdowns, which is second in the league and tied for the most in his career with the 2011 season. And that offense has been one of the best in the league, partly due to Stafford, but also to the guys he's got around him, like Wide receiver Cooper Cup, who leads the league in receptions with 145. He leads the league in yards with 1,947 receiving yards and 16 touchdowns. Those, all three of those stats lead the league, which is incredible. Seriously? They've also got Odell Beckham Jr., the wide receiver who joined the team in November, tight end Tyler Higby, and wide receiver Van Jefferson. They've also got Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, who are splitting the backfield duties, but Cam Akers, who came back near the end of the season because he was injured, has been playing really well recently. And on defense, the Rams have major talent as well. Defensive tackle Aaron Donald, who was tied for 7th in the NFL with 12.5 sacks and 4 forced fumbles. They've got linebacker Leonard Floyd, whose 9.5 sacks are tied for 18th in the league. And former Super Bowl 50 MVP linebacker Von Miller, who was with the Broncos for that game, and cornerback Jalen Ramsey, whose four interceptions are tied for 12th this season in the league. And the Rams also have a couple people who are listed as questionable for the game. Their offensive tackle, Andrew Whitworth, who has been holding it down on the offensive line. He's also 40 years old. Cornerback Jalen Ramsey, wide receiver Van Jefferson, tight end Tyler Higby, and running back Cam Akers. They are all listed as questionable, but they're probably going to play. And the Rams are making their fifth appearance in the Super Bowl, the last of which came under their current head coach, Sean McVay, in 2018. They also went in 1979, 1999, and 2001, and they have won one previous Super Bowl back in 1999. Greatest show on turf. They were in St. Louis, the St. Louis Rams at that time. Against the Titans, they won that game where the Rams won by one yard. Police! And they've won two NFL championships in 1945 and 1951. So they're looking for their second Super Bowl, fourth NFL championship. Nice fact. And of course, the Rams head coach is Sean McVay, who before becoming the Rams head coach in 2017, was the offensive coordinator for the Washington football team, which I don't know how they let him get away. I find your lack of fate disturbing. And he's also only 36 years old. He was only 30 years old when he was hired, and he is still the youngest head coach in the league. And the Bengals head coach 
is Zach Taylor, who before being hired in 2019 to be the Bengals head coach, was the quarterback's coach for the Los Angeles Rams. How about that? How about that? So, with those two teams, now you've got to look at those two teams, but what does the matchup look like when they're playing each other? We have not seen these two teams play each other this season. It's going to be interesting, but the key matchup is probably going to be the Bengals offense against the Rams defense because Cincinnati ranks among the best on several offensive statistics while the Rams defense has picked apart opposing offenses all season long. And really, the key factor for Cincinnati is going to be their offensive line because their skill groups, wide receivers, running backs, quarterback, have been amazing this season. But their offensive line is a huge weakness. Burrow got sacked nine times in a game earlier this season. And for Cincinnati to win, they'll have to hold off the Rams defensive front, which is probably going to be a little tough when you've got guys like Aaron Donald and Von Miller racing towards you. How'd that go? Some of the best players in the league. And that Rams defensive front has ranked first in the league this season in pass rush win rate and in run stop win rate on defense. So that's going to be something major to watch. But the Rams have been good on both sides of the ball in the trenches on defense and on offense. The offensive line has been a big help for Stafford ranking first this season in pass block win rate, which has allowed Stafford to get the ball out to guys like Cooper Cup all season. And if that continues, it's going to be a rough night for the Bengals' defense. So in short, if the Bengals' O-line can protect Joe Burrow just enough, if they can hold off Aaron Donald for like three seconds for him to get the ball out to his receivers, the Bengals might actually be in good shape. But it's also going to be interesting to see how the Rams' offense performs in the Super Bowl against a defense that is not as strong as the 49ers. Because when the Rams went to the big game during the 2018 season, their offense under Jared Goff, their quarterback, averaged 32.9 points per game in the regular season and 28 points in the playoffs. And then in that Super Bowl, which they played against the Patriots, they only scored three points. That was terrible. And that was an ugly game. But if you want to beat the Bengals, you're going to have to score a lot more than three points. So the offenses are going to be critical in this game. The Bengals defense is not as good as the Rams defense. So really, the only thing that could be holding the Rams offense back could be themselves, which has happened before in the big game under this coach. So we'll see. And then for the Bengals, they've got the talent. They just need to give Joe Burrow time to throw the ball. If that happens, the Bengals should be in good shape on offense too. I think it's going to be a high scoring match. If the Rams get going, it's going to be hard for the Bengals offense to catch up though. I think that it's going to be more difficult for Cincinnati to overcome their struggles than it will be for Los Angeles. And before we get to Xander's prediction, I know everybody's waiting for who Xander's going to pick. I didn't ask that. Because obviously they're going to win the game, even though that didn't happen last year. That was a fluke. I've got some facts, some notable facts. Here we go. Here to give you about this game. This is the second Super Bowl all time where a team is playing in their home stadium. You know this. I've said it like a hundred times. The game is being played at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, in Los Angeles, the home of the Rams and the Chargers, and the first time that happened was last year when the Buccaneers played in Tampa and won. But unlike last year, the Rams are not going to be the home team, so the Bengals got to choose which jerseys they're going to wear. They are designated the home team. The Rams are designated the away team in their own building. Kind of interesting. And entering the season, both starting quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, had zero playoff wins. Fact! 
This is the seventh time that both starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl have no playoff wins. The last time this happened was when Kurt Warner won his only Super Bowl, 1999, with the Rams. And the current quarterback for the Rams, Matthew Stafford, and wide receiver Cooper Cup have been unstoppable this season. They have connected for 20 touchdowns. The only other quarterback-receiver duo to connect for over 20 touchdowns in the first season that they are playing together was Tom Brady and Randy Moss in 2007, who had 24 touchdowns. And if the game does end up close, kicking is going to make a huge difference. The Rams kicker Matt Gay has not done too well this season, especially in the playoffs. He's been injured, though. But the Bengals kicky Evan McPherson, who's a rookie, has been on fire this season, including the playoffs. In all three postseason games, he has made four or more field goals. The only kicker to have that many games with four or more field goals in his postseason career is Adam Venateri. This is a fact. So that's pretty good company for Evan McPherson. And both the Rams and the Bengals were four seeds in the playoffs this season, which ties the highest combined seeding in a Super Bowl. So four plus four is eight. In 2010, the Packers were the sixth seed and the Steelers were the second seed, also eight. Too many facts. And finally, the offenses, as I've said, should be on fire in this game. Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and T. Higgins all ranked this season in the top five in yards over expected, which is a next-gen stat where receivers outgained expectations on the ground after they caught the ball. Very interesting. So, that's the matchup. Those are the teams. Those are the players you need to be watching. So now, Xander, who could possibly win this game? Well, I'm going to tell you. Here it comes! Because we did all that analysis on the game, and now it's time to find out who's going to win it. Sanders here to tell you. But before we do that, remember I've been picking every regular season and playoff game this season. And this season, on my picks, I had 180 wins, 106 losses, with a 63% winning percentage with only one game left to pick. And as of Tuesday... When this podcast is being recorded, the Rams, according to the major sports betting companies, are about four, four and a half point favorites. So, who's my pick to win the game? Well, as I was saying, the Bengals' offense is really good. The Rams' offense is really good. I think, though, that if the Rams don't stab themselves in the foot and Matthew Stafford gets the ball out to Cooper Cup enough times for him to go off, I don't see how the Rams lose this game. I have got... The Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl. Xander's facts. In 2022, the 56th edition of the Super Bowl. I've got the Rams winning by a score of 38 to 31 over the Bengals. It should be a thrilling back and forth game, though. Both offenses are probably going to be lighting up the scoreboard. And it would be the second Super Bowl victory for the Rams. Their fourth championship in the National Football League. So there you go. Now you know what's going to happen on Sunday. The game begins at 6.30 Eastern. It's on NBC and Peacock. But if you want to watch the pregame show, it starts at 1 o'clock. If you're into that. So. Who cares? There you go. That's a whole big game. Big game alert. Prediction. Analysis. You know what's going to happen. You know what to look for. Xander's facts, of course. 
So that's the football talk that we've got this week. Next week, though, we're going to recap the game. Rams are going to win, so we'll talk about that. And we'll take a look at the new head coaching hires in the NFL because a bunch of teams have announced their hires for new head coaches. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we'll probably have more potential information on the Brian Flores lawsuit. He's the former coach of the Dolphins. We kind of talked about that a little last week. But we'll probably have more info on that. And so we'll talk about that again on next week's podcast. But before we finish the podcast, we've got something else to talk about in the sports world. College basketball. Because we are just over a month away until we get to the postseason of college basketball. We haven't even talked about it on this podcast since my preseason predictions, which have been so-so. But we're going to take a little break. And coming up, we've got college basketball on the podcast. We're going to update the season when we continue on the Xander's Facts Podcast. Sanders facts. Okay, so then, so then he breaks for me. They take him to the ocean. Godzilla, he get, Godzilla gets cold cocked. Sanders facts podcast. Welcome back, y'all. We are on episode fifty-three of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. And as a reminder, so you all know what to do. If you love the Sanders facts podcast, remember to go follow this podcast on your podcast, whatever. Download this episode, rate the podcast, review the podcast. Go follow, like on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Sanders Facts, and then remember, tell all your friends, spread the facts, Sanders Facts Podcast, go tell all your friends. So now, with all that out of the way, let's get to some basketball, because we were talking football, big game on Sunday, and we're not talking about the Pro Bowl, which was apparently this weekend, which I didn't watch, and I don't know, if you watch that, God help you, because I don't know why you would watch that. They didn't even tackle in that game. It was pathetic. Disgusting! But anyway, we are talking college basketball right now. Just a little quick recap. We're not going to have that long of a podcast this week, thankfully. Goodbye. But we are going to wrap up the podcast with a quick college basketball update for the season so far because we are well underway in the college basketball season. We've only got about a month left until we get to the postseason, and there has been a lot that has changed since the last time we talked college basketball on this podcast, which was the preseason preview, which was way back in, like, early November. So, a lot has changed. So let's check in on everything that's going on with college basketball right now. So first off, let's take a look at the latest Top 25 poll, which was released on Monday of this week, which has the Auburn Tigers at the top of the AP poll. It is the third straight week they're at the top of the poll. And it is the first time in school history that they are at the top of the poll. Fact nugget! Auburn was the only team in the country that had only one loss this season. However, of course, Tuesday night, they lost to Arkansas. And then number two, Gonzaga, of course, they've only got two losses. Those were to Duke and Alabama. Purdue and Arizona are at three and four. Two teams who have surprised. They've surged to the top of the poll this season. And Kentucky rounds out the top five, and to finish off the top ten, we've got Houston, Duke, Kansas, Texas Tech, and Baylor. And there are two other non-Power 6 schools in the poll besides Gonzaga. There's St. Mary's from the West Coast Conference, and there's Murray State from the Ohio Valley, who doesn't have John Murray anymore, but apparently they're still pretty good. So that's what the AP poll's looking like right now, but let's just go conference-by-conference breakdown for the top six conferences. We've first got the ACC, which 
It has not been good for the ACC. It's been a rough year for the Atlantic Coast Conference. The league currently only has one ranked team in Duke, who's at seven, who just lost to Virginia on Monday. Virginia has not been having a very good season. The next three teams at the top of the conference are Notre Dame, Wake Forest, and Miami, who nobody thought would be in the top four at this point in the season. So those four teams would be the teams who right now would get double buys in the ACC tournament. Now, all four of those teams have been playing really well. Miami, Notre Dame, and Wake Forest have been playing really well. But still, you've got North Carolina and Virginia who are next. Both teams have struggled this season. North Carolina's, of course, got a new coach because Roy Williams retired. Virginia has struggled this season. But they're kind of on an upswing. Carolina, though, just got blown out by Duke at home. They had the Duke-Carolina game last weekend, if you didn't know. And then the next three are Florida State, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech, who are all hovering around 500 in the conference right now. And all five of those teams would typically be around the top 25, but not so far this season. They've all had their troubles this season. But I gotta say, the Hokies are on a four-game winning streak right now. I mean, they've got the best player in the league, Shawnee P. But overall, it's just been troubling for the ACC this season. Duke is really the only lock for the tournament right now, but there's still a bunch of teams who can play their way in. Wake, Miami, Carolina, Notre Dame, UVA, Florida State, Virginia Tech, all those teams could probably make the tournament. And you've got teams who look like they're getting on the upswing right now, Virginia Tech and UVA especially. So it'll be interesting to see. We've still got a month left, so who knows who's going to be in the top four in the ACC by this time in a month. But that's the ACC. We're going to the Big 12, which has been the site of several great matchups this season, including one that happened on Monday. But the conference definitely has more top talent than the ACC does. They've got four teams in the current AP poll. Kansas is at eight. Texas Tech is at nine. Baylor is at 10, three straight. And Texas is at 20. Those four schools have definitely separated themselves at the top of the conference. But you've also got teams like TCU, who's 15 and five, surprisingly. Oklahoma, who's got a new coach, and Iowa State, who also has a new coach, who surged into the poll early in the season before conference play has pretty much brought them down. They've been on the downward trend recently. But the team at the bottom of the conference is West Virginia, who's usually at the top, who's 13-9 and as of Tuesday and has single-digit losses to Baylor and Texas Tech this season. When West Virginia is the worst team in your conference and they're 13-9, and you got a pretty good conference. The Big 12 this season may be, top to bottom, the best conference in the country. Hold on a second. Of course, it only helps when you've got 10 teams compared to the ACC, which has 15, but, you know, whatever. But pretty much every team in the conference still has a shot at the tournament, besides maybe Oklahoma State and Iowa State, because they're not playing well. But Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and Texas are looking like Sherlock's right now out of the Big 12. And Kansas and Texas just played on Monday Texas got a big win at home, so Texas may start getting a little hype. We'll see. But that's the Big 12. The Big East has been entertaining as well. The Big East has five teams in the current AP poll, which is tied with the Big 10 for the most right now. They've got Providence at 11, Villanova at 15, Marquette at 18, UConn at 24, and Xavier at 25. And Marquette is definitely the biggest surprise out of those teams. They have played... Half of their 24 games against ranked teams, they are 6-6 and of those games. It's the truth. And they were supposed to be struggling this year. They have a new coach, Shaka Smart, who was the VCU coach, then he was the Texas coach, now he's the Marquette coach. But this is kind of going to be a rebuilding year, but they're already in the poll right now. 
and the Big East has got Creighton and Seton Hall, who have also flirted with the pole this season. And both of those teams have a couple of big wins. And there's Georgetown, who was in the tournament last year because they made that run in the last year's Big East tournament. They are currently sitting at 0-10 in the conference, so not doing so well in D.C. Man, that was rough. But even despite that, the Big East is deep this year. They've got seven potential tournament teams, and those teams that we named Providence, Nova, Marquette, UConn, Xavier, Seton Hall, and Creighton. The Big East has been pretty fun to watch this year, actually. And then you've got the Big Ten, who's got five teams ranked as well. Purdue is at three, Illinois 13, Wisconsin 14, Ohio State 16, and Michigan State at 17. And that doesn't even include Xander's preseason pick for the conference this season. Michigan, who have struggled this season, they're 11-9, and and they have no wins over currently ranked teams. But they're trying. Michigan's going to get there. But Indiana has surprised this season under their first-year head coach, Mike Woodson. They're 16-6. and They have wins over Ohio State and Purdue. Indiana's been doing pretty well. And even with down years for Michigan, Iowa hasn't been doing so well. And Maryland, who they have an interim coach, Danny Manning, who was the head coach at Wake, who of course played at Kansas. The conference is still doing pretty well overall, except for Nebraska, who have not won a single league game. But anyway, not funny. The conference is still probably going to be represented well in the tournament. We've got Purdue, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Illinois, Ohio State, and Indiana. They all look like locks right now. Iowa and Michigan, they still have a chance. So it really is the big powers up at the Big Ten who are still performing well, unlike the ones in the ACC. But let's go to the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 has had a major resurgence this season. There have been a couple of squads that have stepped up big for the conference this season. We've got Arizona at four in the poll. 12 is UCLA and USC is 21st. All those three teams are in the poll right now. And Arizona has been one of the biggest surprises of the season this year with first-year head coach Tommy Lloyd, who served as an assistant for 22 seasons at Gonzaga. Whoa. They have been doing surprisingly well. They're fourth in the poll. They beat UCLA the other night for the first time since 2018. There's those three teams. And after a slow start, Oregon has the second-best record in the conference right now and was a good choice for Xander's pick to win the conference in the preseason, even though they might not. You're a liar! But still, don't count them out. And then you've got Washington State. They've been a surprise with a 7-3 and conference record but they still haven't faced Oregon, UCLA, or Arizona yet, so pump the brakes on the Cougars. And then last year's Cinderella team in the tournament and Pac-12 tournament, Oregon State, remember them last year, they have a grand total of one conference win and a grand total of three wins all season. They're three and 17, so... Nice try, buddy. But even so, after years of the Pac-12 being down, the Pac-12 has been down in football and in basketball for a long time. This looks like the year that basketball has come back to the conference. USC's made a resurgence. UCLA is looking like the team that made the run in the tournament last year. Arizona's doing well. Oregon, the Ducks, Trees, Bill Walden, Conference of Champions! Calm down, bruh. Sorry, y'all, I had to get that out of my system. But the Pac-12 is looking really good this year. They've got legitimate cases for six schools to make the tournament. You've got UCLA, Arizona, USC, Oregon, Washington State. Stanford is there, too. So the Pac-12 is looking a lot better than they have in the past. And let's wrap up the conference breakdowns with the Southeastern Conference because the top of the SEC can probably compete with anybody. Right now, they've got three teams currently in the poll. Auburn is one, 
Kentucky is 5, Tennessee is 19, of course Auburn just lost to Arkansas, their first conference loss of the season, which will probably send them out of the top spot in the poll, but they'll probably still be there, because they've still only got two losses, and speaking of Arkansas, they are currently on a nine-game winning streak after they started 0-3 in the conference. Cool facts, bro. That was my preseason pick to win the conference. And to win it all, by the way, which was kind of looking scary at the early part of the season because they were not doing so well. But they keep climbing in the SEC. They should be ranked next week. They're looking pretty good. And their head coach, Eric Musselman, is a really good coach. Arkansas, yes. Alabama, uh, they've kind of been a disappointment this season. They do have wins over Gonzaga and Houston, who are currently in the top 10 of the poll, but they've also had some major disappointments. They've lost to teams like Missouri, Georgia, who is terrible, and Davidson. Davidson might actually be good, though. LSU has been disappointing as well. They've lost six out of the last eight. Those two wins have come against Texas A&M, who, you know, Brent, has not done so well. But the Tigers went from a lock in the tournament back in January, they only had one loss, to a team that's going to need some more wins to get back into the tournament race. And then you've got Mississippi State and Florida, who are around 500 in the conference right now, but they've still got legitimate shots at the tournament. The SEC could probably put eight schools in the tournament, though, if they had the chance. Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi State. They've all got chances. Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas are probably locks right now. But the SEC keeps building itself up into a pretty good basketball conference, and they are doing really well again this year. So those are the top six conferences, the power six conferences in college basketball, a month away from the tournament. Oh, yay. So to wrap up our little college basketball update, because now you know about all the good teams, here's a couple of the biggest storylines that we've got right now. Louisville, we didn't talk about Louisville in the ACC, they have fallen flat, and that led to the departure of their head coach, Chris Mack, another quality ACC school that has floundered this season. It has been rough. In the SEC, though, Auburn's head coach, Bruce Pearl, his name was mentioned for a couple of job rumors recently, so Auburn responded by giving him basically a lifetime contract so he could stay for however long he wants which is probably well-deserved because Auburn went to the Final Four back in 2019, remember that? And they have definitely the potential to go back this season. And in the Big 12, we've talked about Texas and their new head coach, Chris Beard. We talked about that in the preseason preview with all their transfers that they're bringing in. But Texas, they're still trying to get used to a bunch of transfers coming in and just trying to mesh together this season. But they got that home win against Kansas on Monday. So the Longhorns may be poised for a run. We'll see. But before we go, I got a couple names for you all to remember. These could be names that you will be hearing about in March for the tournament. For Auburn, we've got Jabari Smith, who's going to be key if the Tigers make a tournament run. He's a 6'10 freshman who averages 15 points per game, including shooting 40% from deep. Sophomore Johnny Davis has taken a huge step for Wisconsin. He leads the team in points. He's got 20.5 points per game, rebounds, assists, and steals. And he has the chance to make a name for himself in March for the Badgers. Kansas's Ochai Abaji has been hailed as the possibly best two-way player in college basketball. He averages 20 points per game and is a big reason why the Jayhawks have won 19 games already this season. He has dropped 29 points on two separate occasions. And of course, there's guys like Palo Banchero from Duke, 
Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, Kofi Cookburn from Illinois, and EJ Lydell from Ohio State. Those are names to watch this year and probably in the league pretty soon because they've been playing well. So there you go. There's your college basketball stuff. Xander's facts on basketball. It wasn't much, but it was just a little update. But the big stuff is coming in about a month because in March, oh, when the calendar turns to March, you know the madness is coming, onions! That's a fact! Oh boy, you've got conference tournaments, which are fun, and then you've got the NCAA tournament, March Madness, which is just one of, if not the greatest sporting event in the history of everything. What? That could be true. Sanders facts! But that's all coming up in March, and you know what's coming up on this podcast, because if you didn't know this, Xander correctly predicted before the tournament began last year who was going to win the tournament. Baylor Bears. So, you might want to listen to Xander's facts for all your college basketball info. And to help your bracket, because Xander knows. So that's college basketball, and that is the podcast for this week. Xander's Facts Podcast, episode 53. We talked football. There's a big game on Sunday that we talked about that now you know who's going to win. The Rams are going to win that game. We're going to talk about the recap of that game. Next week, of course, the Bengals could win, and then Xander would be sad. Well, actually, I wouldn't be sad. Even if the Bengals won and the Rams lost, I mean, that's still pretty cool. Joe Burrow coming back from that injury last year. The Bengals, who won four games last season, making it to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's pretty crazy. So even though I picked the Rams to win, I wouldn't be upset if the Bengals won. Like, still, I think you could root for both of these teams. But that's what we talked about on the podcast. Talked some little college basketball as well on episode 53 of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. And remember, if you like the Xander's Facts podcast, if you liked all the facts that we discussed today, remember, click the follow button on this podcast, download the podcast episode, rate the podcast, review the podcast, go on all your socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z. Then tell all your friends. Remember, Xander's Facts podcast, spread the facts. Gotta tell all your friends, listen to Xander's Facts Podcast, you're gonna be like, well, actually, I think the key matchup of the game is gonna be the Bengals offense against the Ramsey defense, and I think the Rams are gonna win. Everybody's gonna be like, how are you so smart? Xander told me. Xander warned you. There you go. But remember last week when we had our two big announcements for Xander's Facts. Remember, Xander's Facts has a YouTube channel now. We are posting all of our new episodes on the Xander's Facts YouTube channel every Wednesday afternoon. So this episode, episode 53, is gonna be on the YouTube channel. Check it out. That's Xander's Facts Podcast on YouTube. And then remember to sign up for Xander's Weekend Facts, which is our new newsletter for Xander's Facts, which comes out every Sunday morning beginning this Sunday. It's the first edition of Xander's Weekend Facts this Sunday. Sign up for that. Click the link on this episode's description. It's the first link on there to sign up to get Xander's Weekend Facts straight in your email every Sunday morning beginning this Sunday morning. It's going to be amazing. Do all those things. Xander's Facts Podcast. But that is it. That is a wrap on episode 53 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see y'all with episode 54 next week.
Xander's spreading lies.